Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Well, what's up, fam? How we do tonight? You guys doing good? Hey, we are uh, obviously looking at, hey, this is a different setup. Like, does he have three friends that he doesn't have? Uh, but we are jumping into a uh, panel tonight. And uh, if this is your first week joining C12, or this is your first week being at C12 in a while, we are uh, doing a series on emotions. And uh, if you know, emotions can be a pretty big umbrella in terms of everything in life. But we know uh, that there's emotions when it comes to a lot of things throughout these kind of transient years of being a college student or young adult. And so uh, I wanted to welcome some friends up to the stage. So if you're on the panel, uh, why don't you guys give it up for, uh, for Yona, for Brant, uh, and for Ansley. I feel like we should dance our way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your favorite dance move on the way up. How about that? Uh, and, and so tonight like we are... <laughs> He's on Ellen now, so yeah. he's going to date. I was on Ellen just now. That's a lie. Yeah, Straight yeah. up lie. Only because of the hair, though, right? Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, what shampoo do you use? Uh, well, I actually learned like from a Troy friend Palomalu, I shouldn't be like... shampooing my hair every day when it's long. You use fish shampoo? You can't shampoo uh, Horse it shampoo. Day. I heard that's the move. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, I, I honestly just use whatever's on sale at Costco, so. <laughs> right? Anybody? Costco? Yeah! Pure genetic. <laughs> God didn't want you to Hello. talk, Yona. Apparently, you know, mic doesn't work. Um, but hey, let's jump into, uh, uh, this is going to be a, a dialogue, and uh, I invited them all up specifically to kind of unpack what it means to uh, process your emotions. What does it mean to manage your emotions, whether you are in a healthy season or unhealthy season? And, uh, and so we're going to be going over some topics of uh, insecurity, uh, your identity in Jesus, uh, what to do when it comes to even things of mental health. And so uh, we're just going to have a dialogue talk about that uh, tonight. And so, uh, Anza, I wanted to kick off the question uh, with you. And uh, could you just kind of uh, maybe explain the difference uh, between mental health and uh, emotional health? And um, maybe, okay, what those are and the difference between the two? Yeah, um, I'm Ansley, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, I let's have two kids. Introduce. I'm going to introduce myself yeah, yeah. on my own because I didn't want to be like, well, Alex. mental health. <laughs> and you're like, who's this girl? Um, I work here at the church. Uh, my husband and I are on staff. I'm in worship department. He's in creative department. We have two little ones, seven and four. Um, I am grateful to be here because I have walked through mental and emotional yeah. health stuff in my life. And so... That's who I am, and I did bring a super nerdy journal because I was praying for y'all this week and wanted to write some things down so I didn't totally forget, um, but when we're on the topic, we were in a meeting this week, and we were kind of trying to figure out how to start off because emotional health can be such a broad um, spectrum. Like, you, you think of emotional health, you think of, like, your fears and insecurities and your mental health, you think of, like, anxiety or depression. So off the bat... Um, I think what we want to focus on more tonight is the emotional health, spiritual health side of it. Because um, mental health, a lot of us have struggled with it. I know I have in my past. Maybe a lot of you have. And that's a little bit difficult to get into when I'm not a mental health professional and all of that stuff. So mental health is, I would describe it more, and I wrote it a little bit down. It's kind of how your mind processes and understands your information and experiences. And mental health encompasses illnesses that keep you from processing those experiences 
and those um, informations around you properly. Um, and that's where mental illness comes in, is like clinical anxiety, clinical depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, PTSD, stuff like that. Those are all things that are under the category of mental health and those if you have stuff that you struggle with in that arena, it would also obviously be treated um, by a professional, therapy, medication, whatever else. I've been in that world. Um, some of us have been in that world. And it, like, and it like also affects your emotions, though. Like we were yes. talking about that, too. So it's yes. like, we, it was funny because we were talking about this preparing for this weekend. We got into it. Like we started like going down this like rabbit hole. We had white, it was literally like a whiteboard. <laughs> we're like drawing triangles. We're like, it was this amazing. Is it got a little out of hand. But because I was just, we were just sharing, going like, man, it, it's hard to differentiate sometimes because like your mental health really does affect, it's like all interconnected, you know? And so um, I just, I really think like it's hard sometimes to figure out like wh what the source is. Yes. And so we just decided, man, like we might, you know, share some of our stories and things like that and sort of reference um, some men mental health things that maybe we've gone through. Um, so, but you, we wanted to like make sure that we're clear on what we mean when we say things like that, you know, because yeah. um, if we have gone through something like that, it can affect the way that you process information like you're saying, like you, the way you process emotions and feelings and thought patterns and things like that. But I right. think we want to like focus more on that. Yeah, the emotional health side, I wrote, it's the emotional health side is more your ability to manage and express the emotions that you're perceiving. And so the, the connection is, like, if you have a mental health issue that isn't being dealt with, then you're not going to be able to focus on emotional health. Um, like, if there's a mental health issue that you're seeking help for, that's great. If there's not, do seek help so that your emotional health can be dealt with. Because I did also feel like the intertwining thing... You can't even get to the emotional processing point if, you're, right. if your brain isn't uh, healthy enough to help you go there. So beyond that, we'll focus on the emotional health That's side so of good. Thanks for uh, setting the, the playing ground for that. And, and, and before we go a little farther, I, I did so well in setting you guys up to introduce who you are. <laughs> and you're like, cool, let's talk about mental health. And you're like, what's that guy's name? Uh, and so why don't we just go down the line and set you guys up so well. Why don't you introduce you yourself, what you twice. do here yeah. uh, at 12 Stone, and uh, yeah, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, my name's Brant. Um, there's a D in there. I'll let you figure out where. Uh, I am a student pastor here at our Buford campus. Um, I know some of you guys, Mo and Miles, by the way, this cup is entirely empty, and it's because I spilled, like, right where you guys are sitting. So if you have a bag, just, you know, fair warning, don't put it there. Um, but yeah, I've worked here for about five years, been married, uh, five years, actually, fe uh, February 26th. So this month will be five years with me and Cassidy. Uh, she is my superior in just about every way. Um, you know, and that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that. But yeah, yeah, pumped to be here. <laughs> Ansley's not going to go twice? I'm kidding. I'm not going to, I already did This it. is Ansley, guys. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Yona. Um, woo! Being, woo! I don't know who did that, but I love you. I love you too. Um, I've been working at 12 Stone for four years next month will be. That's crazy to think about. But, um, yep, I am from Venezuela, um, and I'm married. What else <laughs> about my life? I have two kids. Yeah, I can't forget my children. Um, you forgot your children. Something about my family. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Um, this is where mental health comes in. PTSD <laughs> um, as a parent. That's uh, right. I was like, oh, Lord, help me. Um, <laughs> I have a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old girl. Uh, my boy is into baseball, and my little girl is into gymnastics, and uh, they love Jesus and reading and giving me a hard time. We also have, we have a dog who is uh, named Moose, and he's like 11 weeks old. Pets named the name of other animals is my, one of my favorite things. Bro, we have a little, like, 
teddy bear moose that we gave him for his coming nice. home party. Anyways, um, and he is awesome. Dogs are great. We also have a cat, and we all don't know what he's doing in our house. Like, nobody likes him. <laughs> so that's my story. I <laughs> love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. And um, thanks for just kind of distinguishing between the two. And so when we're talking in terms of emotional health tonight, we're going over uh, what it means to have uh, in terms of your thought patterns and, and maybe feelings that just kind of come and go, the ebbs and flows of it and, and how to maybe manage those and process through them. And so, um, uh, Brad, I kind of wanted you to unpack, you know, how, how do you uh, gauge uh, when something um, is either emotionally challenging or maybe uh, how can you discern between when you're emotionally unhealthy and what's uh, just a hard week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because uh, there's times in life where you feel like, oh, gosh, this is the worst day. Like, the sky is falling. No and you're like, my sky is not falling, but yeah. yours might be. Uh, yeah. And so how can you gauge between uh, the difference between those two? That's real. Uh, I don't know. Honesty, right? <laughs> Anybody having a hard week? You know, it's just been a tough one. Taking some L's. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel that. Like, so it, to be candid, like, I'm having a hard week, you know? It's one of those where it's like high pressure, so many things going on. Um, and for me, when I process like, what's the difference between a hard week and emotionally unhealthy is a hard week is like outside of me, emotionally unhealthy is inside of me, right? I think that's like a helpful distinction. Um, and uh, like, if I'm just having a hard week, I'll, it's like when I go for a run, right? Uh, it would be normal for me to be a little off balance uh, after I run, uh, it's unhealthy if I'm like, you know, like sweating and breathing hard up here. Like, are you, are you panicking? Like maybe a little, but, uh, like that's for me, that's a, that's a, a sign of like, okay, if, is it inside? Is this, uh, and so like one aspect of that is, um, are my emotions matching up with what's happening outside? Right. Uh, again, example, honesty up here, uh, this morning, I didn't put the trash out, uh, which is like sin number one in my house is because the trash is piled. We have like this pile of boxes I just pretend don't exist in my basement right now. And uh, Cassidy was so nice. She was just like, hey, you forgot to put the trash out this morning. And inside I'm like, I know, you know, like, <laughs> like there was this disproportionate reaction. And I was like, oh man, something's off, right? And so uh, for me, it's those moments of like, okay, are my reactions congruent? Um, and is that, is that happening for a while? And uh, like, we all have off balance weeks, but if you don't return to a center, like peace, you know, you don't have something to balance you out like that. Uh, for me, that's like a, hey, maybe we're, we're tipping into unhealthy uh, ranges, which, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so happens good. a lot. And that's the difference between, you know, even like stress and pressure. And I, f I feel this on the outside, and now there's, like, all this stress on the inside yeah. of me. And, and, and maybe can you distinguish the difference between those and, and what you feel externally sometimes versus, like, this is internally, this is in me. Yeah. So, again, um, there's a difference between I failed something and I'm a failure, right? Uh, there's a difference between I did that poorly and, like, I'm not good. Uh, and I think, like... For me, it's phrases like that that really define the difference between a bad day and emotionally unhealthy is when it, it does start to take root. Um, and I would personally link, emo like emotional unhealth for me is usually connected to like, to, I would call them like wounds that I haven't resolved or lies that are getting between me and reality and distorting what's happening. So 
For me, uh, a lot of the times when I'm having this disproportionate reaction, it's because the bad things in my life seem worse than they really are. The good things seem not as good as they really are. And it's because I'm, I'm, belie- I'm filtering them through value, through, uh, through my identity and what they mean for who I am. Uh, and that's, there's a lie here that's this prism that's, you know, if you ever look at those like funhouse mirrors or, or like stuff's like way bigger, uh, for me, that's like what that is. It's like there's something that's enlarging this and causing me to react in such a big way. Uh, and so when I'm in those seasons of like prolonged anxiety that isn't matching the, the pressure of my life or the stress of my life, I start to ask, okay, like what, am, you know, what you believe is really powerful and it, it affects everything it's you filter things through that so i'll like look under the rocks of like okay what am you know how is this what am i really believing here uh you know if you have a wound you just shove everything away right and so like you just blow up on people and if they get close to that then it's like nope right you either like fight or flight mode i'm a i'm a i flee right that's my my go-to and so yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I think that in in terms of, you know, whether you're in college or you're a young adult, there are uh, just seasons in life where you feel like there's more pressure. And, and, and Yona, why don't you kind of unpack a little bit where um, – how do you manage your emotions when you are navigating the pressure of this is where I am, but I've, I feel like this is where I should be? And uh, you know what? Hey, maybe in your late 20s and you're like, I haven't graduated school yet and everybody else has. Uh, these people are married and I'm not. Uh, these people have bought a house and I haven't. And, and, and I think in culture and even there's these things that we impose on ourselves of, hey, this is where I need to be. And, and so how do you maybe manage the emotions in that or maybe the insecurities that arise in that? Yeah, I was actually going to point to that fact. Like it's good to uh, recognize that a lot of expectations that we have are either imposed on us by like our parents, either directly or indirectly or by culture, or even by our peers, you know, like the the whole comparison game, like it's almost, it's crazy because we live in this era of social media where it's second nature to us. And most of us, like, we're pretty young when we started like using social media and like that wasn't really introduced in our lives in adulthood, kind of, kind of grew up with us and it seems normal, but it really isn't, you know, like comparing ourselves constantly, whether you like realize it or not, when you're looking up at people's lives online, you're constantly going like, well, I know that person's either my age or similar to, you know, have similar goals. And how come, like, they're buying a house or doing this, all this other stuff. That happened um, to me a lot in, in like, ministry. For a long time, I was um, looking at other worship leaders online and things like that. And people, like, that were my age. And I know I have friends who, like, were either athletes and they got injured or they're trying to be, you know, they're trying to make it to a certain, like, point and they see other professional athletes that are their age and they're making it you know and they're like man like I've got like three years you know I've got like, I can do this like if so-and-so <laughs> is 30 and you're like making count you know and, and I have three more years or whatever like I literally did it the other day I was like yeah. oh well if I'm 30 you know because right, right. <laughs> like we have this like ideal image of where we should be whether it's again whether it's imposed by ourselves or other people um and man you know the the, the scariest part is when you do that and you don't realize it like you're in this insecurity mode of going like am I missing my calling am I am I where I'm supposed to be and then it goes kind of back to what you were saying Brandon kind of goes into your identity like it it turns from like this external thing that's happening in my life circumstances to am I you know like 
is God maybe not blessing me and blessing other people? Then it turns spiritual. It's like this whole intermingling thing. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's been really, it's been really helpful to ask myself the question, like, where does God want me to be right now? Yeah. Not just like in my job or where I'm doing, but like, man, like, who does he want me to be as a person? You know, mm. I think I've talked to a lot of men, a lot of like young, cause I got married um, at 19 years old. I was 19 when I got married. Dang. Crazy. Graduate. Let's go. Let's do this thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, story for a different time. But, um, and it's crazy because I have friends who, like, were best friends with me in high school. And I'm, you know, when I was 27, like, he was just getting married. And they're like, dude, you have two kids and a house and, and a career. And I'm like, bro, like, we have different paths. And God has different plans for each of our lives. And, so good. And, like, he, he was trying to figure out, like, um, like years before that, like, man, how do I find the person who God wants me to, to marry? And I think God is more concerned, like, who, who, are, who is the person you're becoming? You know what I mean? And I know that we talk about that a lot sometimes, but it's hard for it to sink in. Like, mm -hmm. God cares about more about who I am yeah. than what I'm doing. So because good. when he impacts who I am and my identity in Christ, it affects the things that I do and how I do it. So then I changed my perspective of going, like, you know what? If my, if my position right now means... I am wrapping up cables in a church, and I'm, I think I'm supposed to be doing this other thing in ministry, but this is where God wants me. I'm going to do it to the, I'm going to be the best, like, cable wrapper, I've, you know, that, so that the world good. has ever known. And just do my best with what God has given me from a place of um, honoring God in my heart first, and everything else will kind of flow out of That's that. So good. So good. And this question is kind of for all of you, because let, let's get practical with that. You know, we always say, oh, my identity is in Jesus. I know that. What habits and practices have you guys cultivated where, you know, this is what keeps me rooted in all these seasons? Because seasons come and go. And, and uh, if you're in college, young adult, there's so much that happens. Like you graduate school, you figure out your major, you get engaged, you get married, have kids, buy a house. And you're like, where did time go? Yeah. Uh, and, and so how do you, you know, or, or what habits have you guys cultivated that, hey, throughout all the years, throughout all the transitions, throughout all the emotions, the ups and downs, this is what I have practiced in my life that would be applicable for anyone in this room? <laughs> Alphabetical. That's right. Yeah. That's the... All right. Ansley goes first. Since <laughs> A is the first letter. Um, I mean, the first and most, honestly, for me, the most important thing has been knowing the word. Like, honestly, not more devotion books, not more, like, sermons to watch online, but getting in the Bible and actually knowing what it says. Because everything that Yona was just saying, I was sitting here, I was like, you know what? That's one of the biggest tools of the enemy that he has is to whisper little lies to you that convince you that you're not who God, you're not the person that God wants you to be or in the place where God wants you to yeah. be or that you're so far outside of his will that you have all these insecurities and you're not, and you, you, and you don't realize that what God actually is saying is no, I am with you. I am for you. I have plans for you, for your good, for a hope, for a future. But the enemy would distract you with comparison and would distract you with identity issues that, and lies. And that's one of the biggest tools that he has is if he can distract you enough and if he can tell a little lie that sounds enough like the truth. Like, so honestly for me, it's being grounded in the word of God and putting scripture in my heart so that when I get into a thought pattern that's emotionally unhealthy, say like um, what we were just talking about, I, I fail at this thing and then it becomes, well, I'm a failure and I shouldn't be here and I don't deserve blah, blah, blah. When I recognize those things in myself, I can tear out a piece of scripture and hold it up against that lie. And all of a sudden now I have a sword to swing. 
because the word is your sword. Yep. And when so you are good. in mental health battles or emotional health battles or when you're in insecurity uh, trains of thought, the word is your sword. And that's why you put on the armor of God. Right. It's why you clothe yourself in peace. It's why you, you have these things in your heart to take out so that you can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And you can't do that if you don't know right. what Christ's voice sounds like or what his word says. So you, that's like the biggest thing. And adding to that, I think, it's, I think it's really important. Like we say a lot, and I think it's true, right? Like the enemy's always speaking lies to us. And that's, that's important for us to like realize. But also at the same time, I think a lot of people believe that more than the fact that God is speaking to you. You know what I mean? Like yes. God is always speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit, and the scripture says that the Holy Spirit will guide you to all truth. And that truth needs to be in, in us. And I, I don't know how many times have you guys maybe experienced in the room like, man, I've been in situations where I'm like, again, without realizing, believing a certain lie. And I can hear the Holy Spirit whisper a, a piece of truth from scripture. And he's also speaking in that same moment. And I can choose to tune into what he's saying. Or I can choose to be like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to dwell in my emotions a little bit more, you know. And I just think it's important for us to realize both of those things are happening all the time. It's just a matter of what we're choosing to listen to. Yes. Yeah. And that's so, like, you know, there's not a, the word, right? Um, how else do you answer lies but with truth, right? Um, and for, for me... I'd say, like, in addition to that, like, as a tag team is rest as well. Um, because what I found is, like, I start growing towards whatever I'm doing all the time and whatever I'm, like, whoever I'm with all the time. Um, and I start to, like, naturally crave, like, affirmation and value from whatever's going on. And so... What I've learned as, as the habit, for me, like, the word, getting in the word in the mornings is my rest. It's like this, like, when Cam, dude, when you, like, when we did the pause before the worship song, that was a resetting moment for me. And, and for, like, that not doing for a little bit, um, not, not being with anybody else, uh, am I okay just with Jesus, right? If not then that means I'm probably depending identity level on another thing, another person, which means like I'm just gonna get drained anyways and I'm setting myself up for some kind of failure. So for me, that habit of rest of just, hey, like I don't really need anything else but you, it like, I'm like a picture person. So like, a, like it's like a plant who's been growing towards the wrong light for a while that just needs to like, okay, that's the sun, you know, like <laughs> that way. Um, it's just like I'm detaching from the things that I like, uh, that I've been replacing God with all week. <laughs> and it's this resetting for, for me. So like the rest with God's word coupled. You know, I have something else too, because I was listening to, to that now, just thinking, I think one of the biggest enemies in my life when I've dealt with um, anxieties or fears or insecurities, I think the biggest enemy of those thought processes is isolation. Um, and so I think one of the most important things for me has been to have a person or one or two people that are trusted, that love the Lord, and that you can um, outwardly process with because I think when you get in trains of thought of that anxiety or that that insecurity or whatever else it is and it sits inside your head and you never and you never hear it out loud and process there's been times I've called the person in my life that I trust and I start to say the things that have been living in my head all week and as they're coming out of my mouth I'm like oh 
<laughs> that does not line up. <laughs> and just having someone in your life, you need an accountability partner or a mentor that you go to and that you that they understand, like, I'm going to bring these things and you right-size me, pray for me, and help me see perspective or hear what I'm saying and point out, all right, let's talk about this. <laughs> that does not go with what God has said, okay? But sometimes if you don't do that out loud with someone, they get stuck in there, and then you're in a cycle that you don't even realize you're in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's amazing that's that you said that because I was going to say, like, I'll, I'll tag along here in a little bit, but I was going to start from the angle of like, for a long time, um, I think I believed the lie that I was supposed to have like a balanced life and like I was supposed to like spend the equal amount of time at work, equal amount of time, like maybe more at home. Like I need to give each of my children an hour specifically just for them each day, like and an hour at, with, with the word and all this stuff, you know, like. And when I would miss the mark, I was always just beating myself up. Like, my life is not balanced. I'm doing more than I should and all this other stuff. And so I'm glad that you asked the question of, I think it's rhythms, right? Like, um, and I was going to go into vulnerability with that. Like, I think, like, I can catch myself going down this rabbit hole of emotions. And honestly, it's been the hardest thing for me, for me to cultivate in my life. To be able to tell someone the things that I've been believing. Because you know, when you say it out loud, it just sounds like crazy talk, you know, but that's what's sitting inside of you, and learning to be vulnerable, man, like, that is so hard, and I, for years, like, cried, and prayed, and begged the Lord, I'm gonna get emotional up here, I love you, <laughs> I love you too, um, begged God to surround me with people, mature believers who see me, know me, love me, care for me, and will lift up my arms when I can't. And, man, God has provided that in my life. And I don't think I took, I've taken enough time to, like, recognize that and thank God for it. Um, but if you don't have that in your life, man, get on your knees and just beg. Beg the Lord. I know we all crave relationships that are meaningful and people in our lives who are mature believers who will point us to the truth. And if you don't have that, then it's like we're, we're, we're living in a design that God didn't intend for us to live in. And so, but I think maybe sometimes we have those people in our lives and we're not taking the step of being vulnerable with them and taking a step of going, I'm going to just share what's going on with me. And you'll be surprised at the people that God has surrounded you with already, how they respond with love and grace and truth. And it's the most transforming thing ever to experience. Yeah, you could do that tonight. Yep. Yeah, and th this is the reason why we do groups. You know, we don't, uh, we talked about this last week. We don't just do small groups because it's just the, the church thing to do. I mean, we, we offer groups because that's really where you get into community. It's how you grow. It's how you find other followers of Jesus where they get to hold you accountable and, and to walk with you in life because we know that we uh, can live in some pretty complex times and, and things are not as simple as, you know, a cookie cutter answer or ABC and just follow these methods. Uh, but you need people that can come alongside you. And so, uh, to stick along that kind of more vulnerability lane uh, and, and answer these questions for you of, of how do you maybe uh, manage the uh, emotions when your family dynamic changes? And what I mean by family dynamic is um, maybe uh, we have people in this room that, uh, hey, they're a college student, young adult, and they almost feel like they're the parent of the family. And uh, maybe the parents don't know Jesus um, uh, uh, maybe come from a broken home, uh, divorced parents, and and now as a young adult, you're playing this role of well, I 
I guess I didn't think that I was supposed to be the spiritual leader of my family, but now that I am, but I'm also your your child. And, and so how do you navigate uh, uh, your role, like your identity in this, the season of life that you're in and to manage those of God, where, where do you want me? How, like, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I guess I'll just share personally, my family dynamic growing up was pretty weird, like messy. My parents were together, but it wasn't healthy. Um, and I always felt that it was very felt in the home. And then when I was, I guess all of your ages, first year of college, my parents divorced, which wasn't a huge surprise since our dynamic was already pretty messy. Um, they divorced, they are believers. We went, you know, we grew up going to church, but I always felt for a long time, like God had put me in that position of being more mature than my age or whatever else. And I think for a long time, I resented it. And I didn't, I hated that feeling because I, and I recognized this as a young adult. And as I kind of processed like the pain of my family falling apart and the pain of like relationship issues with my dad and trying to forgive and be united again, um, I real I had to process through what my expectation was of my family and what my reality was of my family. And I had to bring those disappointments to the Lord. Because when you're growing up, you see a picture of a family and you see healthy mom and dad and you see like people who lead you well and people who pray for you well. Or if you're a Christian, that's what your heart desires. And that's what I wanted. And that isn't what I got. And honestly, sometimes that's just the way it is. Like, and for me, part of my pain processing was saying, God, I'm just really disappointed that X, Y, and Z. I'm just hurt. I'm hurt and disappointed. And he meets you in that moment, and he says, I know. It's okay. I'm with you. Like, my spirit is in you, and you are called to be this, regardless of what you do or don't have in parents or in your family dynamic. Whatever God has called you to be and who he's called you to be in your family has nothing to do with what they aren't and everything to do with what you are because of the Christ, the Lord's spirit within you. And with that, I was also given a church family. And if you have brokenness in your family, if you've been born again to Christ, you have a church family. Oh, man, I'll get real emotional. Why are we crying? (laughs) We should have put tissues on this table. (laughs) Um, I can't tell you the number of people that made me a part of their family took me in and loved on me and mentored me and walked me through the brokenness that I had. If you have brokenness, you have it, but you also have a church family, and there are people that can step into those roles for you, parent roles, mentor roles. Find somebody older than you and go to them and ask them for guidance. Ask them to help you navigate what your family dynamic is because you can't do it by yourself. And I had that. I had people in my life who loved me enough to be that when I didn't have it. And God used that in a lot of ways. And now my dad and I have a great relationship. I had people who walked me through the process of forgiving, 
and walk me through the process of I am a sinner and need grace. But and there's and you never know what God can do when you and your inside your family dynamic are surrendered and are sensitive and are prayerful and have healthy boundaries or whatever. God will use you and your family to show the love of Jesus. Like I've met with my dad many times and shared the love of Jesus with him. And like it's okay that you're young. It's okay that you're not their parent, but like the love of Jesus, you can still show that. Does it make sense? I hope that that makes sense. There's probably a lot more I'm missing, but. I love how you talked about, you know, cause what you're hitting on is that, hey, brokenness didn't stop me. And, and you saw like a brokenness in your family and you say, hey, my parents were believers. And because, you know, maybe they didn't model this certain way, you could say, well, if that's the best you can do with family, then who cares? And, and uh, I think what I, I, I take out of that is, you know, hey, brokenness drew me back to Jesus. And, and, you know, seeing that inside of your family. And so um, whether that's in family, and this question is kind of for all you guys, you know, when it comes to brokenness in you or brokenness maybe uh, in a family, how do you maybe uh, uh, navigate that yourself? But also how do you come alongside maybe as a friend? <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what to say. And someone's like in a really, really hard time. And then you say the wrong thing. And then you're like, eh, that probably wasn't the... That probably wasn't the thing to say. How do you walk along someone who is 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 going through a season like, man, you're just really, really broken or you're uh, maybe emotionally unhealthy? How do you come alongside someone and guide them in that? How do you like help someone yeah, in, yeah. Their, in <laughs> yes, their season? Yes, in their, yep. Yeah. Um. Real quick, ask questions before you say stuff. I think for me, it was helpful when, if I, if I, was, if I had a friend who was trying to help me, they would say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to X, Y, and Z? Do you like, cause, priceless. Yeah, yeah, the question is like, what are you needing right now? Because sometimes people just want you to listen and hear them out and just be there, bring a coffee, sit and give a hug. That's healing. Sometimes they're like, no, I'm open to, I'm open to you pour, putting stuff in. So ask that question first if you're trying to help. That helped me. Yeah, and uh, I'll start as like a, any, like, I'm a fixed problem person, you know? Like, when people have problems, like, I just want to, I want to help you, right? I want to <laughs> fix your problem. Uh, and some of you are maybe that way. And um, one, tr I'll just say, like, a something I've had to learn about myself is because it's, it is genuinely from a good motive, that I love people, I care about them, I don't want to see them hurting, and I want to help them, that I'll almost try to shortcut the, their, their journey, you know, and so what I have a tendency to do that I've had to unlearn is I will overlay my life over theirs and the pattern of my experience over theirs, make assumptions about their story and then give and not actually listen or try to like give like specific counsel and love and care. And so I'll just give them what I would have hoped to hear. And like, it's like, maybe it's like 10% on the mark sometimes. Um, but that, that idea of like listening um, any, any person that you've ever talked to that assumed they, un they, uh, they understood you, you immediately didn't like, <laughs> right? Like anyone who's like, no, I totally get you, dude. Like you're the, you're like, no, you know, like you don't know me. Get out of here. Like nobody likes that person. No one likes talking to that person. Like you want people that will like, and there's nothing better than, than genuinely being under understood by a person, uh, and so doing the hard work of like really understanding somebody, uh, being patient with them, 
uh, help, like, one of my phrases I use with, with my wife all the time uh, is I give, like, ugly first drafts. That's what I call them. Because uh, it's like, I never say what I mean the first time, but she'll help me, like, like that's an ugly first draft. Can I say it again? She's like, yeah. And then she'll repeat it back, and it's like, no, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that process of, like, actually getting to what, you know, you really mean, what's actually in there, having a friend that can, that can do that with you is a big deal. So, so good. And when it comes to, you know, uh, even for yourself, you know, like there, there, there's going to be moments in your life where, yep, like I, I, I know that I might be emotionally unhealthy or I don't know how to manage my emotions right now. How do you work your way to get to the root of it? Uh, I think there's a lot of times where like, I know that I'm scared. <laughs> I know that I'm anxious. I know that I'm fearful. I know that I, uh, uh, I'm insecure, but, um, how, how do you get to the root issue of what's causing it? Because yeah. a lot of times we might just try to find symptoms or, or we can identify the symptoms, but you end up just like, okay, well, here's just medication and, you know, let me just go uh, get my favorite milkshake and then we'll call it a night. Uh, but how do you actually get to the root of like what's going on and what does that process actually look like? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off and would love to hear. Um, so I'll, I'm going to say depression uh, and this was this was just me, so I'm just going to share a little bit of my story. I don't I don't have like clinical depression or anything like that. But I was in college. I had a season of like uh, deep feelings of depression, of zero motivation, uh, very low self esteem, and externally, I looked really great. You know, I was on the lacrosse team, uh, like pastoral leadership major, like you know, looked squeaky clean on the outside and internally just really bad self-talk going on, very low motivation, doubting my faith, like really, like in a, in a really tough, tough place. Um, and I'll get to, uh, there's a little bit like, I guess more story answer, but um, like there was a, a season I was praying and if you're like, I was praying, I was worshiping, I was reading the Bible and I'd be like, God, just do something, right? Like, I need you to figure this out because I'm, I can't, I don't know how to get out of this. Like, I'm just, it, it took like a year and a half of just like, you know, like ups, ups and downs, but mostly like this low season. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll save like the, the, a lot of details, but vulnerability was a big aspect of it. Um, but the other aspect, I was reading, uh, gosh, Matthew... 19, uh, 20, never mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pull that chapter. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's the, like, the, what's the greatest commandment, right? Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And when I read that, God arrested me and was like, Brand, you don't love yourself, you know? Uh, like, and then it's like, you don't even know yourself. Um, like you've been putting on this facade for so long, presenting it to other people and pretending like it's you that you've learned to just like dissociate. You don't even like this person who's hiding, so you're just covering them up all the time. Uh, and I just moved on, right? I didn't even address it. Uh, and then weeks later, months later, probably, it's hard to even you know remember back the time. It was a long period of time. God arrested me in a worship set and was like, Brant, I fully know you and I fully love you. And those two statements wrecked me, you know? Um, and so to, to get back to the question, right, how do you, you know, get to the bottom of it? This, my story, usually it's 
in one of those veins of I am unknown to myself. Like I haven't let God know me in a sense. I haven't confessed. I haven't confessed to another person. Uh, and because of that, like stuff has just grown in the dark. Uh, I've lost touch with who I really am in a sense. And you can't experience love when you don't let people know you. Um, and uh, for me, like, that's usually, a, like, when I say, like, wounds and lies, they're usually in one of those two veins, um, is, like, wounds come from this, I feel unvaluable or unloved or something like that, and lies is, like, I just don't even know the truth or I don't choose the truth. Um, I don't know if any of this, but, like, uh, would I would say, like, what would I tell Brant, right? I'm, I'm a, at the risk of doing everything wrong that I just said not to, to do, uh, but I can't have individual conversations, right? Um, is like, if you're not feeling loved, then chances are, like, the re- if you don't even, if you don't know Jesus, let me start here. The reason Jesus is the thing you've been, lo- the person, God is the person you've been looking for your whole life is because he knows the worst thing about you and loves you more than anybody else could. Yeah. And he solves your greatest longing and answers your greatest fear in one fell swoop. Uh, and if you don't feel like known or loved by people and you're afraid of that, like start with the gospel. Uh, and that creates a, a safety and a grace to start to be known by others. Uh, and and that's the, that's, I'd say the pattern I've seen play out in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and, the curiosity to get into those questions, the courage in moments to, to be honest, like is really hard and you give yourself a lot of grace. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start rambling. So I'm going to stop, but yeah. <laughs> you yeah. You, know, you have some on that one? <clears throat> yeah. Um, how, how do I say this? I've been trying to figure this out <laughs> this whole time. Um, well, how do we talk about feelings? Uh, how, how do we talk about what I'm feeling right now? Um, call them, throw them in the ocean. Call it. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. Let me just start with this, like, I think it's important for us to remember, like, we all know this, we're the result, like, who you are today is the result of your past, right? Like, where you were born, who, what family you were born into, what personality that you developed, um, your past, your experiences, your traumas, your beliefs, like, all this stuff, right? All the, all the relationships that you've encountered kind of have taken you to where you are today. And when I hear the, it's, it's not to attack you at all. This is what I'm feeling, all right? <laughs> when I hear the question like, how to get to the root, I kind of get a little angry. So I'm like, because I am like you. I'm like, I want to solve the problem. But sometimes I feel like I pluck one root out and like three others pop up, you know? <laughs> and so it really gets me angry. No doubt. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I thought I knew the solution to this thing, and now, like, I have this other layer that I have to face. And, like, everything that I'm going through, like, you know, like, through counseling and stuff, I've, I've had the question of, like, I've said it multiple times. I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, my trauma or my lack of faith or, like, I just need an app. Like, I don't know what it is, you know. Um, but I think it's important. Like, yes, I think God will, God, let me just say this. I think God will give you breakthrough. Hmm. In specific areas, he listens to your prayers and, and he wants to deliver you from specific things that are like tormenting you, right? But I think the goal shouldn't be to just solve a problem that I have now. Mm. 
think the, 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 the goal should be, I just want to become more like Jesus every single day. So good. You know, there's a scripture that I pulled up. I grabbed my phone and looked it up. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So there will be a day when we get to heaven where we'll reach the full stature of Christ, right? Like we'll, we'll be transformed into his image. But here in this verse it says you are being transformed. It's like a continual thing that's happening. Yeah. And like I, the thing I struggle with the most is disappointment of when I solve an issue and three more pop up. You know, I'm like, what is this? I think God, God is just trying to form his character yeah. in me. And so I think, does that make sense? I just kind of, yeah. I, I want to get to the root cause of the thing, but that's not the goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, even, even like the problem is, is also a part of that process, right, of God doing that even. You know, the trials and the difficulty and the, like, heck yeah. That's all. And I think that there, you know, when you look at how God does that in your life, sometimes we don't want to do that for ourselves. And let me just get to the root of it and rip everything off. And, and it's like God kind of peels you, you know, kind of like an onion, just like layer by layer by layer. And we like to do it like, like a banana. Like, just rip everything off at once. Shout out Trek 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of it's like you were saying, Brent. Like, you, sometimes we want to, because we want to bypass, like, the process. You know what I mean? We, who in here likes processes? Woo! Like, no one, right? Uh, one person, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you do spreadsheets? Yes. <laughs> You're okay. a spreadsheet girl. <laughs> but, like, Good you know, you. being transformed into someone, like, that, that is like Christ, you have to die to yourself. And there's this whole like thing of what does that even mean? Like there are things that I desire that are sinful that, I mean, you know, like we've heard PK, you know, say a couple of times, like all the sins um, that aren't, weren't really a big deal for us, that like, we kind of like easily let go of, but it's a sense that we like that we still hold on to. <laughs> like there are things that like we are attached to that we don't want to let go. And God's like, I need you to, if you want to see breakthrough, I need you to let that thing go. Mm. And um, we're like, no, can you just solve what I'm feeling? I just want to feel happy again, you know? And he's like, I'm telling you, if you just become more like me, you know, like it's just this whole playthrough. And God is patient and God is kind and he's loving and he sits with us in those moments. Um, he's just such a kind God. He doesn't rush me, but he's not indifferent. He's not like letting me stay where I am, you know? There's a song we sing like, uh, you love's too good to leave me here. Like you love me right where I am. Yeah. But you're too good to leave me where I am. And it's this weird tension that, we, that God literally just walks us through all the time. He's in the process. God is a God of processes. Yeah. And so how do we learn to do that with ourselves and with other people? That's, that's tough, but, like, learn from him. You yeah, know? And I hope that reminder just sits in your soul that, that, that God is kind and, and that God is gracious and that God is patient. And I think that's an attribute of God that I think we kind of count off too quick. And we feel like, well, because I did, I sinned today or because I did this, then, then God, you know, all of a sudden kind of counted me off. And I think we count ourselves off and, and God never does. And, and I think that's a great reminder for us. And, and, and Anza, I want to ask this question before we wrap everything up of, of uh, maybe um, there's people in this room who are, I, I, they would say, I'm in a wilderness or I'm in obscurity or uh, I'm in a waiting season. Um, uh, how do you work through that season uh, in your life? Uh, and, and how do you manage, you know, your own uh, emotions inside of it? Uh, and more importantly, um, how do you stay attentive to, you know what? I don't know what the season is. I don't know what my future looks like. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's not a, a lot of clarity. 
Uh, but how do you still stay attentive to, you know what, this is what God's saying, this is what God's doing, and I just have to keep going? Yeah, I think it's actually super related to what Yona just said. I didn't actually know you were going to ask this question, <laughs> so this is great. Um, I think so, no, I really do, I really do feel like so much of the time we think that God is just the God of our future, and we forget that he's the God of here and now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not just a God who has a future for you, he has present for you too. And so, so often good. I think you can look forward to what God has and the more God has and what he's going to do and you, and you miss what he's doing like right now, what he's doing now in your wilderness season prepares you for all the things. And it doesn't even matter if it prepared you because what he's doing now matters in and of itself. And literally just now I'm thinking of King David in the Bible. He is anointed King at like 13 or something. I don't know. I'm not like a theologian or anything, but he was anointed as a teenager and didn't become king for 15 years. But the 15 years that he waited to become king, the Lord developed in him the heart of a king. And so you can't despise the small beginnings and you can't despise your wilderness season or your obscurity season because God's spirit is very much in those moments. And who am I becoming in this moment? And it doesn't even matter. Like, if I, if I had to stay in the one spot, like, forever, his sovereignty is still greater than, than I can imagine, and his, his plan is still greater than I can imagine. So I don't know if that answers the question, but um, right off the bat, that's what I was thinking. And I did actually write this down today. I don't remember why, but I guess it kind of relates to it. But hold on, maybe it's my phone. There's one verse that I've been hanging on to um, for like little things, because I, I think one of my struggles has been I convince myself that the small ways that I'm making progress aren't a big deal, or that the small beginnings or the things that you're doing now as you prepare for something or as God has you in a waiting season, yeah. that you convince yourself that those things aren't a huge deal or that don't matter. Um, I really wish, I hope that I don't lose this verse because it's really good. <laughs> I'll come back to it. But it's, um, it's when Zerubbabel is rebuilding the temple. And I think it's in Zechariah. It's in Zechariah. And it says, the Lord does not despise small beginnings. He takes delight at the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And the plumb line is used to, like, measure, um, like, the straightness. Is that a word? We'll make Somebody it a word. Who, the centeredness <laughs> of the building. Like, the Lord takes delight in the foundational things that we do in his name. Like, he takes delight in the ways you build, like, And those things matter to God. And he's a step-by-step God, not like a big picture. Because if he showed you the big picture, you'd be terrified. And you would probably get frozen and do nothing. Like, he's cloud by day, fire by night for a reason. Like, he's smarter. Anyways. Let's go. Keep going. I hope you wrote that down. (laughs) Here's some gold. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, and as we kind of wrap up, what would you, and this is for all you guys, you know, um, if you were to say, hey, here's kind of the, if I could give you a tool to like really take away out of tonight, uh, here's what I would say, here's what I would, here's like the one thing that I would want you to know uh, about this topic. Yeah, um, kind of what I, I mean, I'll, I'll make it short this time, but kind of what I said earlier was um, my, I would say this is the biggest takeaway for me would be vulnerability um, with mature believers. Um, and again, it's like the, the challenge is really be intentional about seeking those out. Um, God, God provides. He will provide, you know. And again, maybe they're already around you, right? 
and you just have to take the step of faith. And sometimes the best action that you can take is surrender and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to not do much right now and just like, you know, the, the word says, be still and know that I am God. Like that's, it takes a lot of guts to just be still when I think you should be doing stuff. And I think that's where it kind of feels like when you're being vulnerable with a friend about what you're actually going through. Um, and that's, that's my challenge, like chase that. Uh, yeah, I like do the vulnerability thing. I'm trying to think of something else, right? Because <laughs> uh, that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like the for me, the scariest thing is like genuinely being known by another person, like another person just knowing me. That's like a that's dangerous. Um, that's really risky, uh, and we just. I, it's, it's hard to say something better than that when it comes to emotional health um, because the, for, and, and I'll just, I'll, like, I think personally, but I think it's probably true in general, like when you are living some version of a lie and who you like project yourself as and who you are uh, when there's distance there, um, then you just can't, like, again, you, you lose the ability to feel love. Now, like, you have an excuse to uh, to, sh- to shoot down any love that comes your way because it's going to this person I'm projecting, not me, right? Um, and so, like, if if you don't have vulnerability, you don't have honesty, like, that's what the church is, you know? It's a, a group of people who are, like, really screwed up um, and who need each other, who need to be honest with each other because, like, where else can we, like walk through stuff and have grace and, and have a safe place to process life and problems. Um, so just another way of saying like vulnerability and friendship, you know, um, like when you said you prayed for friends, um, same man, I had very poor excuses for friendships most of my life. Um, just very up here, um, people that I could lie to and, and get away with it and be someone I wasn't and get away with it. And, uh, you know, it took a while to, to undo that. And the, the rich friendships God's brought in my life the past few years, man, have changed my life. Um, so, yeah, just reiterating those things. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to the scripture thing. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that some of the like mental health issues that you can like strive your way out of them. But if the word is your sword and you, and you have things in your, in your head and your heart, if you don't know what the voice of God sounds like, you're not going to be able to discern between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. You have to know what his voice sounds like and you have to know what kinds of things he would say. So get in the Bible, get your Bible app every day, pick a verse, like, You can go in here and search literally peace and memorize verses. What does it say about peace? It says he'll keep in perfect peace. Those whose thoughts are fixed on him, whose minds are fixed on him. Find these things, put them in your heart, and take them to the Lord in prayer. It's like when you call somebody on the phone. If my mom were to call me from like a pay phone and I wouldn't have the number, if I answered it and she said, hey, I wouldn't know immediately that's my mom because I know her voice. And you only get that with the Lord when you're spending time getting yeah. to know what he sounds like. Yeah. And, and then when things pop in your head and it doesn't sound like 
something God would say, you can have a little red flag and you're like, oh, that was definitely not him. Anyways, it's, yeah. it's, and it takes time, yeah. but yeah. it's your lifeline. So yeah. I think those are, those are two huge things of, of vulnerability and, and, and knowing God's word. And, and I hope that even tonight, uh, just learning from people who have uh, gone uh, one before and probably ahead of you in this area where you guys have been through this stage in your life and you guys have uh, walked through this. And uh, can we just give it up uh, for Brant and Zayona for being here? Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12 Stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.